Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. Well, it's Army Week here at the Vineyard. We're in the, at the very tail end of a, a series called Family, Hospital, School, and Army. Do you know what the one topic was that I didn't want? <laughs> I said it too. I was like, Adam, maybe not that one. Um, no, you didn't. I was like, okay, fine. No, he did not make me do it. It was totally fine. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this week has felt very heavy. Can anybody? Okay. Yay. Good. It's not just me. <laughs> Whew. Um, there's just a lot going on in the world. Um, there's a lot going on in our town. And I've really felt it. Like, I was even on vacation this week, and I would just, like, sit in bed and cry. I don't know. I just felt the heaviness. Um, the good news is I think the Lord has a really kind word of encouragement for us this morning, so take heart in that. Uh, and yeah, I just want to say too, I just felt like I kind of came to church today. Like sometimes you come to church and you experience, you're experiencing equilibrium in your life and things are fine and worship's great and you listen to the message and you go out to eat afterwards. But I feel like today I came to church with like, just everything hurts a little bit, you know? Like my heart hurts and it's very evident and it's very like, close to the surface. Uh, So if that's you this morning, if you can relate to that, you're in the right place, okay? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so really before I started diving into preparing, I had to deal with why I felt so hesitant to take on this topic of army, right? Um, And here's where I I came down. Here's what it came down to. Uh, If you look at this series here. All of us, whether you like it or not, are part of a family, right? You all have a family of some sort. Uh, All of us have been to school. Don't try to be like, well, I was homeschooled. You went to school. You're fine. Uh, And all of us have, I probably most of us have been to a hospital, okay? Um, I'd say the majority of people in this room, though, and I know this isn't the truth for everybody, but the majority of people in this room, myself included, uh, have not served in any type of like military capacity. Can we go there? Yeah. So couple that with the fact that there are a lot of big opinions about military service and there are a lot of big opinions when it comes to, it's just a very emotionally charged topic so when you couple that with like lack of firsthand experience, that's a little recipe for trouble, you know? And again, it is also not lost on me the events of the past week that have been unfolding in Afghanistan and the irony of talking about army at church today. It just feels like a really tender subject. And I myself have felt kind of frustrated uh, this week because I feel like I've reverted to saying like, well, all we can do is pray as if that's not incredibly effective. You know, does that make sense? All we can do is pray. Yeah, great, you should. (laughs) Um, But it just doesn't 
feel, I don't know. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel powerful. It just feels like, well, I'm just praying. That's all I can do. So I really feel like if that is a thought you've had in your heart, um, there's some special words of encouragement this morning. I have felt really encouraged by what the Lord has laid uh, my heart to say today. And I have really started dealing with the fact that, yeah, sometimes all you can do is pray and it's incredibly worthwhile uh, and something that you can lean into. So I'm just gonna ask you to briefly suspend whatever is brought up inside your heart when you hear the church is an army, whether you start singing Onward Christian Soldiers uh, or whether like me, you think, well, I don't know. Uh, let's just see. <laughs> um, here's the thing. We talked, Adam and I talked about this too. Church as an army uh, does have a lot of parallels with actual, you know, military, but it also directly flies <laughs> in opposition to that as well. So there's some overlap. There's some contrast like many things in life, it's something we really like to say here at the Vineyard, it's both and. So. My kids don't like that answer sometimes when they ask me questions. I'm like, well, it's both and. They're little, but they're also like, oh, what? So here's what we mean by church as an army. And this is just what we're gonna focus on. There's probably a lot more. I know there's a lot more we can say about this. But what we're gonna focus on this morning is that we are a people with a mission. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the mission today. Now, I may not look like it, but I enjoy my fair share of fantasy fiction novels. Okay? <laughs> and in that genre, um, when there's a mission given, here are the questions that I find myself asking. Well, one, what is the mission? Like, what is the purpose or the point? I would want to know that, right? Uh, two, is there going to be any resistance along the way? Or in other words, what are the risks? Three, uh, what tools am I going with? Do I have any weapons? What am I being equipped with on this mission? And the last one is who is going with me? So that's uh, the four little points that we're gonna talk about today. Uh, okay, also, there's a lot of Bible in this. We're just, I was talking to Jesse earlier this morning and I was like, I feel weird. Like usually I take one passage and we're gonna dive in, but we're gonna skip stones today instead of go very deep. So thoughts and prayers with Seth, because he's gonna be switching around a lot on the screen. <laughs> um, go ahead though, Seth, and pull up Matthew 28. We're just gonna start with the Great Commission, a great place to start. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee. This is after Jesus has been resurrected. Uh, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. And Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. One 
cool note here is as I was reading that this week, I thought, well, this literally is family, hospital, school, army, right? Uh, baptize them into a family, teach them their ways, school. Uh, Jesus, the authority figure, is commissioning us, the troops, so to speak. Um, and also, verse 16, there's room for doubt. Hey, you need, to, you need to go to the hospital for something? Are you doubting something from the Lord? Great, you can still join the mission and we'll treat you along the way. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. Uh, we're gonna be referring back to this passage throughout the message, but I wanted to point out two things specifically. First, the person issuing the commission has the authority to do so. Uh, who here has ever been told to do something by someone and you're like, who's this guy, right? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Just me? No. It's not so with Jesus. It is not so. He has the authority to be giving this commission in the first place. Um, and here's the other thing. Guess what? He's coming with us. This is not news either. This is God's uh, MO throughout the entire Old Testament too. Um, Okay, so in Genesis, when he tells Abram, hey, leave your entire family or take your entire family, leave your father's land and go to a place that what? I will show you. When he appears to Moses as a burning bush and says, hey, you're the guy I want you to free, the Israelites, Moses is like, no. And God says, no, I'm gonna be with you, right? Uh, David in the Psalms says, I could go down to the depths of hell or the highest heights and God is there. Yeah, he heard Jonah's prayer from the belly of a whale. So why would he not be with us too? It's just what he does. He is with us. Also, we are to teach these new disciples. This does not just stop at like making converts, you know? Um, it's really just the start. What Jesus has tasked us with is to make disciples, to teach a new way of doing life. Uh, and if you have been here at the Vineyard for any length of time, it will not surprise you when I say this, it is a counter to most ways that we do life. If there is a way that you think life should probably work, if you pray about it, God may say, no, turn the other cheek. And I think that's why it has to be taught because it doesn't come naturally to us. Yeah. Uh, I have a really beautiful example of this. Uh, can you pull up Isaiah 61, please? Especially in light of just everything happening in the world right now. I just wanna read this over the, the room today. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me, us, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks 
that the Lord has planted for his own glory. I love that. It's just so good. I've just been sitting with that a lot this week. This is actually a prophecy that in Luke 4, uh, Jesus goes to the synagogue and they just hand him you know, a scroll and he opens it and he reads it and he says, hey, this is me right now. I'm fulfilling this. So if we wanna talk about making disciples in the Jesus way, here we are. This is what we should be doing. This mission really takes us out of our own selves, right? It puts us into like a bigger, grander, deeper story. And if we follow along with story devices, we know that there's always gonna be conflict, right? So our next question is, what is the resistance that I'm gonna meet? What, where is the risk? Even in this passage I just mentioned in Luke 4, do you know what happens right after Jesus says that? They try to push him off a cliff, yeah. In his hometown, nonetheless. Uh, every, good, every good story has conflict. Sometimes it is subtle. Sometimes it's right in your face, but it's always there. And uh, we are also experiencing it. Uh, here's something I've kind of thought about this week too, is we as Jesus people are not experiencing different conflict from everybody else. Does that make sense? Like there's not just, you know, conflict reserved for the Christians and then conflict reserved for other people. We're all going through the same thing. Uh, believers and non-believers alike can get sick. Believers and non-believers alike can lose their job or have their marriage crumble or, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna sit here and say everything bad thing that comes to my head, but <laughs> um, I just wanted to be clear on something though. We are not called to create more resistance by really like digging in our heels and fighting that culture war, okay? Engaging in culture war, it's really about like one group of people trying to assert and maintain power and control over another group of people, both of whom Jesus loves, by the way. Um, and this really shifts our focus from the mission of the kingdom to the mission of asserting our own strength. And the resistance to this mission really can't be fought with our own strength. Go ahead and pull up, sorry, Seth, <laughs> Ephesians 6, please. We're gonna look in two places in Ephesians 6, but for right now, uh, 10, 11, and 12. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Note, not all strategies of like your next door neighbor who voted differently than you, right? All strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So listen, like accepting this mission, it guarantees us resistance, okay? It's gonna happen. And that's what we're tasked to contend with, not with each other or with like, you know, whatever news company makes you mad, okay? Uh, but with unseen forces in the spiritual world. And this leads me to my next question. Well, what tools 
am I going with? How are we equipped to do this? Because I'll be honest, on like a, just a daily basis, I don't feel equipped necessarily to fight unseen forces in the spiritual world. I've got three kids and they exhaust me and they're here. Like I can see them, you know what I mean? And they're actually pretty good and I'm tired. So I need the Lord to equip me with the, the skills and the ability to fight these unseen forces. Um, Seth, Matthew 16, please. 18 through 20. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. This is right after Peter has said, you are the Messiah. You are the Lord. Uh, Upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I've really been sitting with this a lot this week too. Uh, If you think about it, like rain on the West Coast, wait, do they get rain there anymore? Let me give a different example. Rain (laughs) on the East Coast does not mean it's going to rain in California, right? There's the barrier of like weather patterns and distance. Uh, And it's the, it is not the same with heaven anymore. Like Jesus tore that barrier down so that A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. We have access to the Lord. That's what I'm talking about when I was saying earlier, like I've just felt so, oh, I don't have much power. Like these prayers, is God hearing us? Yes, he is hearing us. He is. Jesus is not gonna commission us to contend against spiritual powers without giving us the ability and the equipment to do so. A flesh and blood weapon will work on flesh and blood, but that is not what we are after. Uh, You guys remember going to vacation Bible school and hearing about the armor of God? Yeah, I loved it. I'm very, a very visual person. So it was very helpful to see the shoes and the belt and the helmet and the shield. I would like to read it again, and I'm going to have Seth pull it up in the message version, uh, because sometimes you ever read something so much that it just kind of loses its impact a little bit? So let's read. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. I'll take it for sure. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Yeah. It's really easy to try and complicate this, right? It's right there. Pray long and hard. 
Think about the people in these chairs next to you. I almost said purple chairs. I almost said it, but I didn't. They are your brothers and sisters on this journey. Pray for them. Keep each other's spirits up. Heaven is open. That's really good news. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my last question though, it's kind of piggybacks. I didn't mean to do that, but ooh, look here. Uh, Who's going with me? This is, shouldn't be a big shock, but it's each other, right? There really is nothing that bonds people like a shared experience. Uh, it's really well documented that men and women who serve in the military, especially those who were deployed and saw combat, have a really difficult time coming home and reassimilating into their families, into their daily lives. Um, something just doesn't quite fit. And it's because their experience fundamentally like changed who they are. And the same can be said of Jesus' followers. I have a <clears throat> specific example in my life of some a time that that happened. Uh, I ain't from around here. Um, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas. And... Uh, <clears throat> but I came out here to go to college. And after my freshman year of college, I went home for the summer. And I was coming off of the heels of a time that year of just rapid spiritual growth. I was raised in church, but you know when you leave your parents' house, you decide if you keep going, right? <clears throat> and I decided to keep going. I found my way here. And I started hearing from the Lord uh, in different ways and learning uh, about the Lord in different ways and learning how to like relate to him in different ways. And it fundamentally changed who I was. So when I went home for that summer, things just didn't quite fit. And it was many years ago, but I still remember that feeling of just like, oh, I feel a little isolated. I feel misunderstood. I feel like people are probably thinking that I'm a jerk, but I don't mean to be a jerk. I just like don't want to do those things anymore. Um, you know, <laughs> I wasn't trying to be a jerk. <clears throat> uh, but really the experience of following Jesus, it bonds us in inextricable ways. No wonder so much of the New Testament gives guidance on the ways that we interact with each other. Uh, I mentioned I was on vacation this week. It wasn't really a vacation. I mean, it was. Like, we went out of town. It was myself, my husband, another adult, and six children. Their ages, so that you can feel sorry for me, were 10, 7, 7, 5, 4, and almost nine months old. There were times during that trip when all six children at the same time decided they were going to go do their own thing. So there was the danger of like, don't go swimming without an adult. Isla, my daughter. Um, you can't go to the ocean yet without an adult. Uh, the baby wanted a bottle. Somebody wanted to watch TV. And instead of being like, okay, we'll wait patiently, uh, they just all decided to, you know, go their own way. It was chaos. Chaos. There were, however, a few times when we were able to get everybody on the same page, go do the same thing, and those moments were really beautiful, really peaceful. 
The reason I'm telling this story is because on that trip, whether it was during a chaotic time or a peaceful time, we were all still there together in that same house. It didn't matter really what was going on. We were in it together. Uh, and the same is, is true here. We can experience peace together. We can experience discord. But we are all part of these ranks. We are all in these gothic black chairs together. Yeah. Last verse, a couple verses. Seth, could you please pull up the verses in Hebrews? This is Hebrews 12. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You know what a great way to waylay the mission that the Lord gave us is to allow that bitter root fighting contention to take root right here in this room. Yeah, that's a great way to go off the tracks. I'll just stop there. I was gonna say more, but I'm not going to. Um, I think, again, this is why a big part of this mission is to teach followers the way of Jesus. If we are teaching the way of Jesus and we're all striving to live towards the same goals, we can begin to live and work and move in unity or as one body. So, application time. I never want to get up here and just be like, you should pray for each other. Like, what does this look like in daily life, you know? Another question that I ask uh, myself, uh, just in personal Bible reading time, I don't know what to call that, uh, is not just like, how does this apply to me, but what does this say about God? And here's what I think this says. God is an includer, even the doubters. You're welcome. God is an equipper. We have tools and weapons available to us, and you'll get to learn how to use them. God desires unity within his body, and God is with us. So here's how we can identify opportunities to further this mission. Look for places where there is exclusion because God is an includer. Look for places where there is chaos because God desires peace. Look for places that seem forsaken because God is with us. We know these truths about God we can find the places that run counter to how he is and insert ourselves right into the midst of it. Pray long and hard. God's word is an indispensable weapon. We have peace and righteousness and salvation that are not just words, but useful in daily life. 
And also remember, sometimes it's not the going and doing, but the staying and praying. Uh, and I mentioned this before, like sometimes I just fall into the belief that actions are more effective than the prayers I offer up at the kitchen sink when I'm washing bottles at night. We can't all be everywhere all the time, but God can. God is. And he hears us. So learn how to apply truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation. Pray without ceasing. Pray for each other and keep each other's spirits up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.